Welcome to If This Bar Could Talk, a podcast about bartenders and the stories they have to tell, as well as the storied history of cocktails, spirits, and bars. I'm Blair Beavers, and here's your host, Leanne Sims. And our guest tonight is PJ Ford, who is the cocktail director at the Light of Seven Matchsticks. Welcome to the show, PJ. Hi. So you guys were just named by Big Seven Travel. You were on their list of the 50 best bars in America. That's impressive. Yeah. Did you know that was coming? No. (laughs) That's awesome. I had no idea. I didn't see it until you guys posted it. How did you get on? How did you get on that list? I have no idea. You have no idea. So probably a secret shopper came in at some point. I would assume so. Someone because Big Seven did name us for like best bars in Columbus, I think, like a couple months back, or was it Ohio? Um, so I imagine like someone came around and like went through all these bars, and then they we were impressed them enough to they name us top fifty. In so the country, it's not so. only a, a, a impressive because top fifty in America is a big deal, but top fifty or just being named of all the competition you have here in Columbus—that's yeah. amazing yeah, for sure. Because we so, do have amazing talent here. Yeah. Um, some of the best, uh, I just had a friend who went to Detroit and he was like, I was kind of like the, not like he wasn't unimpressed or anything, but he was just like, I just can't believe like there's like, it's competition, you know, it's not like anyone's blowing anyone out of the water. Everyone's doing something different. Everyone's doing something unique. And it's like stuff in Columbus was unique compared to other stuff in Detroit. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's pretty we say Pretty that nice. all the time. We think Columbus has the best bartenders in the country. We yeah. really believe that. And you are very, re- uh, what do I want to say? Highly awarded. Highly awarded. No, that's Winning not what lots I of competitions. You win a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> decorated. decorated. Thank you. Yeah. Highly decorated bartender. You, let's see, where's my list? Oh, High Bank Distillery Cocktail Showdown. You won fan favorite. Is that right? Yeah. Um, last year, the Espelon cocktail fights, you and your partner, Jillian Smith won a fan favorite on yeah, that as in well. The, in the nationals. Yeah. That's pretty so amazing. That was, that was pretty and then there've been various other competitions around town that you've either won or been fan favorite. That's, that's amazing. So tell me about your creative process at light of seven matchsticks. Um, it's kind of inspired by bits and pieces kind of all over the place. Um, like I've been inspired by a sesame bagel before. So, <laughs> and gone on to create a, what I consider a fantastic <laughs> cocktail, but, uh, so it can start What off about a sesame bagel inspired <laughs> you to make a cocktail? So I went to visit my friend in New York and I had a sesame bagel and for some reason I just thought Campari. I'm like, this tastes like Campari to me for whatever reason. So I'm like, how can I get sesame and Campari together? Immediately, I think Negroni. How do I get sesame oil into a Negroni? I'll probably need like an egg to kind of help suspend all the oils throughout the liquid. Then I just made a Negroni flip with sesame oil, and it was like wildly fantastic. Wow. (laughs) So like, it's just small things like that, or it can just be inspired by our products. There's like a beautiful tasting product, and I'm like, this is great. Uh, Let me see what I can do with this, and I'll taste it and see what kind of things come to mind. Um, and do you have seasonal cocktail menus? Do you change them out with the seasons? Uh, so we do biannually uh, because our kitchen is the same kitchen as 
uh, Natalie's coal-fired pizza, which were underneath. And so if we did it quarterly, that'd be eight menus for that kitchen to change. So it's like logistically, it's just a lot. Mm-hmm. So we do biannually, and then we have like weekly cocktail specials, and then we'll do random events with like, like uh, we have burlesque night, which we always have like completely different cocktails based on the dancers. Mm-hmm. Then we have a whiskey and jazz night, which is a completely different cocktail list. Uh, we're starting up a new comedy night. Shameless plugs here. Sorry. No, I, I, so that is stand up from the waist up. Yeah. I wish I would have thought of that. I'm so jealous. That's yeah. on October 29th. Yes. That's um, amazing. Like the, the comedians are behind the bar, so you can only see waist up. And um, they do a lot of playing with that, you know, as cheesy as it can be, like going down the stairs or in multiple various creative ways as well. So, um, I love but, that. Yeah. I've been trying to get uh, Dino Tripodis to do an improv cocktail competition at the Shadowbox Live. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Like make them, bartenders just have to make stuff up on the fly or tell them to make a Manhattan but don't have any sweet vermouth behind the bar or something yeah. crazy like that. Yeah. I'm all about that. Yeah. We used to, when I worked at Mouton, uh, we would always play that. We'd like bring out like weird random ingredients. We're like, I think once I did like, I, I, like some weird liquor that was in like a dusty bottle in the basement. And then I gave a doer's cap to Colt. Did you, you know Colt? I, think. I don't think so. He was like the bar manager there briefly. And he made this fantastic cocktail and served it with a little like sidecar in the doer's glass. <laughs> like, oh, wow. So we'd always like kind of do that. And we'd have customers bring in stuff and they, we'd make something with whatever they brought in. Like, so it was just, we had to do it on the fly. How long have you been bartending? Uh, six years. What's what's yeah. your background? We met you two three years ago when you were at Home Fair, but yeah. where else have you been? Um, so I got my start in bartending at Giuseppe's. Um, a friend of mine was like, "We need a bar back. Do you want to do it?" I was like, "Sure." Um, and I always kind of thought about bartending because I thought I was like cool and party, you know. But <laughs> um, I started there, and I was quickly uh, intrigued by like the creative process and like all the different like Amaro's. Amaro's really caught my interest like early on because mm-hmm. they were just like beautifully designed bottles. They had like very interesting flavors. Um, and it was just like something I'd never even heard of before. So I was like, what is this? And kind of started diving into that. And you know, they have an amazing bar program over there. And so, um, I was there for a few years. Uh, I bartended at the, and served at the table for a while. Um, then I went on to Mouton and I worked at Mouton for a little bit. Um, and then I got stir crazy and quit my job, both my jobs. And I ended up bartending in Beirut, Lebanon for oh, like wow. six months. And then I moved back, and that's when I started at Home Fair. And uh, since then, I've just been at Matchsticks. Why right. Beirut? Uh, my sister lives there. Uh, and so I spent like a few months traveling back and forth, and I could either buy a ticket to go home or to Lebanon, and I chose Lebanon. <laughs> so what was that like? It's, it's very much, I think like in America we live in a bubble as most like other like kind of isolated countries do. Uh, but like going over to Lebanon, it's just like standards are different. So like my standard is not their standard. And like mm-hmm. the biggest example where I was kind of like blown out of the water was a French 75. And someone was like, make a French 75. I need one like on the fly. And so I make one and they're like, what is this? And I'm like French 75. They're like, it's not pink. And, uh, and Mouton actually used to do it. They'd add a little dash of patience and give it like this oh, like slight yes. pink hue. But like in uh, uh, Beirut, they're known as pink for grenadine. They add like grenadine to it. And huh. like that's the standard. Like everyone knows it that way. You know, there's even like a weird 
like shaking but method that's that most not people real. do. That's not a French 75. But like if you were to grow up in that world in Beirut, like that's what it's known as. Huh. Like that's like the, the kind of mentality I had to get used to. Like all these cocktails where I've learned them one way, this whole culture has learned it this way. And mm. so like it was very interesting trying to be like, oh, like it's all it's all relative. You know? So that so. that's very much like the first time I ordered a martini cocktail in Italy, it came out and it was Pinkish. And I asked them what was that and they explained what it was. It was a perfect. Oh, okay. But for them, that was the martini cocktail. Yeah. So it's just how they without even thinking about it. It wasn't gin dry with a twist. It was a perfect. Yeah. Like it's it's funny, like um we get wrapped into like what we think is the norm. But yeah, you go to France, you go to Italy, you go to Lebanon, you go to Japan, and like the norms vary kind of different, like differing on the culture. So that's interesting. It was a learning curve and it was a challenge, but like it was, it was interesting just to see how other people do things differently. So do you yeah. speak the language or do most people there speak English? Uh, I had like a crash course in Arabic once I learned, like live there, like I had to kind of, but I like forgot it as soon as I. <laughs> like cramming for a test and then you forget all the information right afterwards that's the best way to learn though. <laughs> yeah um i mean most people speak uh, spoke Eng- english but i you know out of like respect of like where i'm living tried to learn it and i could take orders and i could you know ask people for what i needed and stuff like that so i i learned some good basics but yeah now it's all, it's all <laughs> why does your now. sister live there is she in the military i uh, know she works for an ngo uh, so she's been there five years, but she's also lived in like Haiti, South Sudan, um, France, um, kind of like all over the place. Cool. And she's getting married to the guy she met there and I'm super excited. Awesome. Yeah. Wonderful. Congratulations, PJ's sister. Yes. Um, so from Lebanon, then you came back, you were into work at Mouton. Home, uh, home fair. Home fair. I, uh, Mouton was like you. pretty full on staff, so they didn't, didn't really have space for me. So a friend of mine knew the owner of Home Fair. And so I, they're like, hey, can like, they're super slammed. It was restaurant week. And they're like, they just need someone to come in tonight. Like, any chance you can do it? And I was just, it was Friday night. I had nothing to do and I had no money. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course. So I go there, I work the shift. And they're like, so you want to work here, right? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I worked there for about a year. Well, so when we first met you, we just, we went to Home Fair because we knew the, um, well, Blair knows the chef and what's his name, Matt? Matt, yeah. Um, and and was Lentine. Yeah. Right, right, and he's right. just a wonderful chef. So we went there for food and we had low expectations for the cocktail and you were there and we were like, holy shit, this kid knows his <laughs> stuff. Yeah. And that's when we put you on our cocktail tour. But then you left and I... I don't think I've ever told you this story. So we continued with them on our cocktail tour, but not for long. Okay. So one day we went in for our cocktail tour and I had to be the bartender because the bartender had no idea what to do. (laughs) And I don't know shit. I don't even make my own drinks at home, but I got behind the bar and just pretended like I was a bartender. Did the people on the tour know you were in? filling in or yeah, yeah. because two of them are our neighbors but the other ones <laughs> they didn't really care and they had i think in the back bar they still had your recipes yeah oh, really? 
So okay. it was the one with like Solera, Blood Orange, and I, I can't remember what all it was. But this, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. I just, <laughs> I just pretended like <laughs> bartender. Yeah, that that describes home fair. <laughs> yeah, so, and, and now it's a bagel shop. Yeah. Yeah, but that that was that was crazy. Um, so you can have some pretty cool events at um, at Lightest Dev and Matchsticks. We just mentioned the stand up for from the waist up on October 29th, and then Speak Teasy on November sixth. I assume that's a burlesque yes. show. Um, so you guys have you have Natalie's wood fired no coal fired. fired pizza upstairs. Yes, and she has music live music every night. Okay, every, every night. Well. Tuesday through Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. And you guys are, um, you're a speakeasy, so you got to go down the steps. You don't have any signage or anything, do you? No. Yeah. There's like a little red lamp mm-hmm. indicates. Oh, and can you tell us about Natalie's South, which is opening? Grandview? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I guess it's technically not Grandview, but... Um, yeah, they're hoping to be open by November. It's going to be a unique space compared to the old one, at least because the old one shared the venue in the dining room. So come showtime, if you didn't have a ticket, you couldn't really eat there unless it's the weather permitted for you to eat on patio. But this will be um, similar skeletal structure of King Avenue 5. That's the space we're taking over. And so there'll be a venue space, and then there'll be the, the restaurant as well. Um, so it's going to be more uh, centered on food. Uh, well, I mean, of course food, but uh, less focused on pizza. There will still be pizza there. There will be more entree options. Uh, the bar is going to be pretty streamlined, pretty easygoing. Beer, wine, cocktails, but like nothing like on like matchsticks level because it's just like too high volume for that. So it's going to be more like, you know, classics, well executed, maybe mm-hmm. with like a little twist cocktail-wise, a good selection of beers, good selection of wine to help like pair with the food well. Um, and then over in the venue, they'll have like a separate food menu. But you're going yeah. to create the cocktail program. Uh, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> I play my cards right. <laughs> so, so I assume then that the rules are not going to be the same because there are rules at Light of Seven Matchsticks. They're on your, um, your website, which in the rules are, I really like them. They're, um, come with those whose company you enjoy because there's no cell phone service. Yep. Um, no kids. I like that. Yeah, no kids. Um, then you got to find the secret menu. And then politics, religion, and sex are highly encouraged topic topics of conversation. Highly. And uh, be respectful. Those are the rules at the Light of Seven yeah. Matchsticks. Yeah. There you go. It's pretty solid. Awesome. Yeah. It's not asking too much. Not at but all. Not at all. Encouraging it's a- debate. Healthy arguments, you know. There you go. Good conversation. Find out where other people are coming from. Sounds awesome. Yeah. It's a fun place. We enjoy it. Um, so, PJ, we are going to take a break now, and you're going to make us a cocktail. What are you going to okay. make for us tonight? Um, it's called Inflating Caesar's Ego. Uh, it's Irish gin, Aperol, grapefruit, lemon, absinthe, and horseradish, served with a piece Ooh. of black pepper pecorino cheese. Oh, wow. A snack, too. Yeah. Love that. Awesome. You don't awesome. need dinner anymore. Yeah. <laughs> we 
are back with uh, Inflating Caesar's Ego. This beautiful, is it peach color? Is that, would you say peach? Yeah, or would you peach. say uh, yeah. salmon maybe? My nickname's Peach, so let's go with Peach. 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 It's a beautiful yeah. peach um, cocktail and with a side of cheese. What's the cheese again? Black pepper pecorino. Black pepper. Oh, I love black pepper. So what What was the point of pairing the... Um, it's just kind of like a nice little savory bite to kind of tie the horseradish in. So a little sip, then a little bite, a little sip, a little bite. So sip first and then bite. Okay, right, so here we cheers go. First. Cheers. Cheers. Clank. Ching, ching. These very full glasses. <laughs> My chair is very squeaky. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's dry, citrusy, a little bitter, and then you get the cheese, and it's like a little salty. Tell us and what's then, in it. Uh, Drum Chambeau, Irish gunpowder gin. It's got like that nice kind of earthy, um, they use gunpowder green tea, so it has like a big earthy quality to the gin. Okay. Um, and grapefruit, Aperol, lemon, absinthe, and just like a splash like of simple syrup just to alleviate some of like the harsher flavors going on. And the horseradish, um, and I think that kind of helps with like the citrus, and then you have the earthiness of like the um, uh, the gin, and then you have like kind of like horseradish has that kind of citrusy bite, but also kind of like more savoriness to it. So I think that ha- helps tie that in with the grapefruit, um, and then you have this bitterness. So you like eat this cheese, and you get like saltiness, mm-hmm. and then you kind of go back and forth, and it's like thirst quenching. Salt and, and pepper, yeah. How, what made you put horseradish in a cocktail? It's delicious. I love horseradish, but I would never think to put it in a cocktail. Um, I think I made the drink by itself and I just kind of was thinking horseradish. I was just kind of like searching through my brain, like what, what's what, missing. Yeah. What's missing. What can, and I love like savory cocktails. I love adding savory elements. Like I've had one. I uses a uh, Maggie that like, uh, it's basically just MSG, but it's like, um, I had one that used that. We did like a lamb leg infused rum before. So I just love adding like savory elements to a drink and horseradish is like kind of like a nice bridge with it's like bite, but it's also got like a savory deeper flavor to it. And I was like, yeah, that'd be good. It's delicious. And then we, uh, have this cheese at work and I'm like, I was eating it and I'm like, you know what, this would be great. And it does go really well. <laughs> it's good cheese. I love cheese. And if anything, you just got cheese. Yeah. So what do you think about the cocktail, Blair? I love it. It's Completely unexpected. Yeah. With the ingredients that he was putting in there, I did not think it would be this it it really is a citrusy, very light, but then there's that savory kick to it. Mm. It's very complex, but it. It's awesome. It's bottom line. I'm glad so to hear it. Good. Thank you. Yeah. Well done. So with all of your your travels and, and you've been around to different bars, tell us a good bar story. Bar story. Um, it can be anything. Anything? Anything at all. So many. So. A weird tip or just a weird experience, weird, crazy customers. So many, <laughs> so many of those people misbehaving. Uh, I'm sure there are plenty of those. Is that a p- 
personal story for me or <laughs> it can be that's <laughs> happened before no actually i was thinking this over a lot um so i thought i would like tie along some stories that have like a little lesson to them um because the other ones i was telling some of my coworkers, like would this fly and they're like don't don't say that <laughs> <laughs> so i'm gonna do uh so the couple of stories i had was um in the short, um, when I was working at Giuseppe's, um, the barbacks had to get uh, bread and butter for the people at the bar. And mm-hmm. So if they order food, you give them bread and butter, and I run out and I have these tongs, and I tong down a, um, a roll and then a little ramekin of butter. And I hear, butter, butter boy, as I'm like walking away, and I like turn around, there's like blood coming out of my ears. I'm like, yeah. It's like, bring us more butter, butter boy. And I like was furious and enraged, and I was like, "This oh, words that I'm not gonna say." Um, but now, I've told people that at work, and one of our highest selling cocktails is a cocktail with brown butter infused bourbon. So I'm always like browning butter, and everyone's like, "Butter boy, butter boy." <laughs> <laughs> so I guess the lesson is. Uh, you know, be who you truly are. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess I'm a butter boy. Or don't tell your friends some stories. <laughs> yeah. Brown butter. Bourbon. Bourbon. Yeah. Tell me how you do that. Uh, just brown up butter. Um, cook it until like all like the um, kind of like the milky solids start to solidify, um, and like the butter gets like this nutty smell and like this brownish hue to it. Um, and then we just pour it into bourbon, uh, sous vide for like an hour, and then freeze it. And so all the solids freeze, and then we just strain through a coffee filter, and then you have like buttered washed bourbon. That is just so amazing to me. It's pretty yummy. We're gonna have to I try bet. that next time we go. If you want any leftover butter, you're welcome to. Oh cook wow! It. Oh yeah, that sounds that good. Delicious. <laughs> yeah, it's all yours. <laughs> all right, tell us another bar story. You said you had two. Okay. Oh, now the pressure's on. I forgot. <laughs> um, in Lebanon, well, that was kind of. One of the ones I was kind of geared towards, too, was just like that. Everything's relative, you know. You can blow it on your cocktails to like a science and someone's not going to like it, you know, because it's all subjective. Sure. It's all relative. Um, I had a better story and now it's slipping my brain. And I thought it had to That's do right. with Jill and I. It'll come back to you. <laughs> um, so how did you learn how to cocktail? How did you learn all this stuff? Um. Well, I'd, I had a good start. Um, I think a lot of people get their start in uh, more high volume bars where it's, they're not messing around with a lot of cocktails. And at Giuseppe's, like watching Sean, uh, Sean Ward, their bar manager, who's just like this crazy wealth of knowledge. And probably like, like he owns his bar like, no one I've ever seen before. He knows like every single person who walks in. And if he doesn't, he knows them by the end. And he'll remember the name when they come in two months later. Oh, wow. And their dog's name, you know. And then he can, <laughs> he has a wealth of knowledge about sports, history, uh, music, um, obviously spirits and the alcohol world. Um, so he can just talk to anyone about anything. And he's fantastic with making drinks. And then I went to Mouton where... Um, Logan was the manager at the time, Logan Demi. And he's just like, uh, 
he's very like I remember the first cocktail I remember learning there was down the Mississippi and it was bourbon, lime, grenadine, mustard. So that was kind of like where my whole thing of like, mustard. like, yeah, I was just like, he just shatters walls, you know? So I'm like, I would never have thought like food and cocktail together. Yeah. You know? And mm-hmm. um, so going from Deshaun, who has like that amazing customer. I mean, both these guys are great in all domains, but like Sean with that kind of thing. And then Logan with um, his just like insane creativity with cocktails. I think I just had like an awesome upbringing and got to learn. And I had the drive to uh, buy as many books as I could, you know, um, watch as many YouTube channels as I could. What's your favorite and, cocktail book? Um, the one I think that had a really big impact on me was um, by Dave Embry. It was, now the name's escaping me for this. Um, Oh my gosh! Now I just sound like a poser. Sorry, but <laughs> but but uh, like I was taught very like much like early on, um, the formula for this cocktail is like for a sour cocktail would be like two parts spirit, one part um, sour, one part sweet, and he kind of broke it down to this, like where you can have that formula and you can also have this super dry formula and you can have a sweeter formula and like he was like and these are my preferences and then it just kind of made me think about my own preferences where uh, I, I don't mind the two to one to one ratio, but I do find it's like heavy in my stomach. There's a lot of acidity going on. There's a lot of sweet and like sugar going on. And I'm like, yeah, I think I do prefer that like drier style. Mm-hmm. And then I tried it that way. And then it maybe it kind of just broke me out of my cage. Mm-hmm. The fine art of mixing cocktails. That's it. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, it broke me out of like the cage I was in of like keeping these formulas for everything I was creating. And then I'm like, oh, like I don't have to follow that. And I can find something that suits me. And there's people who probably like what I like. Sure. And they're looking for these kind of drinks too. That's awesome. Um, but you also have obviously a very good palate. I hope. Yeah, because like I couldn't concoct no, you have anything. To. You do. <laughs> yeah. You do. You definitely do. Well, thank you. you. You couldn't put these things together without um, without having a good, a good palate, which I do not have, which is why I don't make cocktails. And I'll, I'll never forget the first time that we took the tour to home fair and you were there and you had this whole chart of flavor wheel and (laughs) this is this is where we're tasting this and that's why you're tasting this other thing because it's balancing here and it was it's very informative good our our guests and we could tell you were geeking out over it which was awesome it got everyone excited about it i remember um one person didn't like it because there was like a Lafroig mist over top. And so like they didn't like the smokiness, mm. which I don't mind if someone doesn't like something as long as they have like the reason. Yeah. And I remember like there's a spectrum of people who had different perceptions of it. Some people just loved it. And the person who didn't like it had a very good reason. It wasn't just like, I don't like it. Like, mm-hmm. and she like spoke really like, uh, it has this like smoky flavor that reminds me of this. And I don't like um, appreciate that for whatever reason. And so the fact she was like digging into memories for her flavor i was like this is amazing because that's what it's about like even if it's bad and it's evoking a memory not bad but like something you don't agree with and it's evoking a memory like that's still cool yeah Mm -hmm. you know i find that like fascinating so i I was so happy with that class i do too like i cocktails are you know in spirits it's it's about the story and not just the past but the present and you know maybe the future but it's all about it's all about the story i um do classes at the Franklin Park Conservatory and uh, we I just did a bourbon one and I'm not like the 
and I'll be all expert on bourbon, but I just brought in three different bourbons. We did a blind tasting and the exercise was not anything but describe what you're tasting. It wasn't like trying to guess anything or like who's correct on what flavor profile or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, cause some people were just struggling. Like, I don't know what I'm tasting. And right. I would just kind of push them. like, what does it make you think of? Does it remind you of anything? And some person would say like, reminds me of like a horse stable. I'm like, that's amazing. Like I would get so excited when I'm like, yeah. that's, that's cool. Like, yeah, you don't always have to be like, oh, it's like a sour cherries. And like, right. any, like you, like you, if you, anything in evokes, like I did a gin tasting when we, when I worked at Mouton, we did tastings every Monday and we did gin and I said burnt hair and everyone's looking at me like, how the hell would you know? Cause I'm really bald <laughs> people, but uh, they're like, how the hell would you know? And like, it doesn't really matter as long as it's like pushing your imagination and kind of making you think of these flavors. And then, then you get cheese and horseradish. Yeah. yeah. So. I, um, I do say the same thing at the women in whiskey tastings. You know, we always make a, a mat tasting mat with the flavor profiles of what they say you should taste, but I never taste those things. No. I generally don't. So I just tell everyone, figure out what you like. And if you like this, you might not taste the cherry or the or the wood or whatever, but if you like it, then remember the flavor that you like and then you know what you want to drink, what you want to stock at yeah. your house. Yeah, because it's personal and it's all the power of suggestion. You can be yeah. like, oh yeah, there's definitely flavors of hazelnut in here. And everyone's mm -hmm. gonna be like, yeah, I, I, I get right. that. You know, yes. so I think it's very important to just go in blind and just, yeah. what, what do you feel? Yeah. Even if it's burnt hair and barnyard, <laughs> whatever, you know, so, overripe bananas. Yeah. Like that's like, it's just what you imagine on the first taste. And then, you know, like you like that or disagree with it and you can move on. So yeah. the burnt hair thing, did you, is that like a, a positive, a good thing, something you enjoy, or is this something that you wouldn't want to taste again because it reminded you of burnt hair? This <laughs> is a really dumb story. But, <laughs> all right, here's your second story. Um, so in like middle school, I used to take my mom's, in middle school, I used to take my mom's hair straightener and I would straighten my hair <laughs> when I had hair. And sometimes I'd leave it on too long and burn and it reminded me of being in my mom's room burning my Aww, hair <laughs> that's kind of a sweet story in a weird twisted way yeah very very <laughs> but evoking that memory you know no, so it's no, not like cool. a bad memory it's right. not like a it's it's, it's kind of nothing you. It's, your, it's, it's just, your life no, yeah, right? yeah. Just, and we know that smell and memory is completely connected yeah yeah they're like the closest two senses so like yeah, so it I was don't know. comforting and took you back. Yeah. 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 That's cool. I like yeah. that. So there's Very your cool. <laughs> Thank you for that. Of course. That story. <laughs> um so light us seven matchsticks. Tell tell us the address and when you're open. Address is below five six zero one North High Street. Um we're open Wednesday through Sunday with uh comedy nights now on tuesdays not all tuesdays but keep an eye out i'm not going to give too much away wait in the comedy nights they they're held in the bar because that's yeah. a very small area how do yeah. you fit everyone uh so the way it's designed you know how it is it's kind of like there's booths parallel with the bar yeah 
Um, so if we held it at each, either end of the bar, no one would be able to see anything. So that's why we call it stand up from the waist up because the comedians are behind the bar. Gotcha. So everyone can kind of have a fair chance to look at the comedian. And do you like stop service for a while while they're performing or no, work like, around we, them? We keep it going. Yeah. Okay. Um, they, they're, they're aware and we give them microphones and everything so like they can speak over any kind of noise that's going on. Mm-hmm. And that's we kind of cater the cocktail to be more stirred focus so it's not like a lot of shaking and rattling Mm -hmm. um but because they're also behind the bar they're out of the way of the floor so we're not getting in their way really um we're kind of conscious of that but and then the burlesque show same kind of deal they're like on the bar top or um they really want to be but there's not enough headspace. (laughs) this like it's not a tall it's a basement (laughs) yeah it's a basement with like very low ceilings and um there's been a few who've just tried to like they come in to like work out their routine and like it's just too short and we have like the dangling lights from the, the ceiling already too. Um, but they do it through the walkway between the booths and the bar. Okay. And so it's kinda they're amazing at it too. They so it's kinda tight, I would assume. Yeah. Then. It's very tight. But uh, it's it's nice because it just brings everyone in. And um, they do a great job at making sure like they're walking back and forth and like dancing to everyone, even if they are like in the back of the booth, like they get like a piece of the show and they play with everyone at the bar and they do everything like they're they really use the space to their advantage. It's that's very it's cool. really fun. I love burlesque shows. We need to get up for that. Is yeah. there an extra charge for these shows? Uh, comedy night. We do charge tickets. The one coming up is eight dollars. Okay, that's uh, very but, reasonable. Uh, the Whiskey and Jazz Night with the pocketbooks are, is free. And then Burlesque is also free. When is the Whiskey and Jazz Night again? Uh, Whiskey and Jazz is the last Sunday of every month. Last Sunday. Burlesque is the first Wednesday. First Wednesday. What's your turnout like on a Wednesday? Is it uh, usually pretty good? For Burlesque, it's fantastic. Okay. Um, and then, like, it can range from... You know, pretty standard Wednesday bar turnout to kind of weirdly crazy for whatever reason, you know, so. And the burlesque, kinda... is that ticketed also? No, no. Okay. Uh, but you can tip your dancers. Uh, we can do it through your tab or you can give them money or they have like a little uh, sticker, like a Venmo uh, oh, nice. kind of thing that you can like take a picture of and send money Smart. to. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the whiskey and jazz scene is like probably one of the coolest scenes I've ever. I feel like I'm in some cool movie where like all the stars meet, you know. And there's like Andy Warhol and uh, Miles Davis all in the same bar. I just feel like that's the bar. Very <laughs> so cool. it's got a very cool scene. And you're you're you teach mixology at Franklin Park, or you do tastings, or is it a mix? Um, yeah, it's kind of a mix of things. So we did the bourbon tasting and people would, I kind of broke it up into like traditional bourbon, high rye bourbon, weeded bourbon. And then with each one, after each taste, we'd do like a cocktail. Um, but then I've done like uh, cocktail classes where it's like, this is the evolution of a cosmopolitan from like a gimlet to a kamikaze to a cosmo um, or old fashions. That's awesome. Yeah. Have to check so it's that usually out. once a month I'm doing something there. So how many people are generally in your classes? Uh, anywhere from five to fifteen. And then is it like, do you stand in front of everyone and demonstrate everything, or are people actively doing? Oh yeah, they're doing it. 
I, I don't let them not do it. Awesome. <laughs> like, um, yeah, so like everyone will get a shaker or, or a mixing glass and they make their own cocktail. Actually, the first one I did was called Drink Your Eggs and I had everyone make a Ramos gin fizz. Mm. And I was astounded by how well everyone did. Everyone got like the head coming up above the glass and everything. I was wow. like, you awesome. guys are amazing. You must be a good instructor then. I don't know. Their Pisco Sours weren't great. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Ramos Gin Fizz was incredible. It was weird. That sounds like a lot of fun. Um, so, Light of Seven Matchsticks, Franklin Park Conservatory. What, are, what else? Oh, the Natalie's Wood Fire in uh, Grandview will be opening soon. Soonish, maybe November. <laughs> Plan in November. Looking forward to that, actually. Keep an eye out. We we need to get you guys on our cocktail tour. Yeah, um, you should. And actually, I was brainstorming this. You could do Villanova over the counter and uh, matchsticks, or you can do over the counter Natalie's and matchsticks. What's over right. the counter? It's right across the street from Natalie's and matchsticks. Never heard of it. It's like a um, kind of like a dinery uh, scene that they have going on, but they're they pulled the head bartender from the athletic club. So they have like hmm. quite a cocktail menu and then you can do over the counter, then you can do Natalie's and then you can do matchsticks and now you have no excuse <laughs> to not go to Worthington. You cannot hide from me anymore. <laughs> so tell That's us, awesome. tell us about your other staff there. Um, who, who do you have there that's, that we should know and should be looking for and, uh, well you guys know Carlos Bermudez. Yep. Oh, he's uh, there now? Yeah. He's been with us for over two years. I think, um, and you know, he's hilarious. He's incredibly passionate, um, incredibly kind, um, and creative. Um, we also have, um, Willie Wilson, who's a transplant from Colorado, born in Seattle. And, uh, again, just incredibly knowledgeable about anything spirits related, like half the meetings or at actually they're like so what is this and i'm like uh willie <laughs> why don't you take it from here <laughs> um parker lewis who is an amazing uh singer songwriter guitarist uh he has his own band l-o-u-i-s not uh parker l-o-u-i-s and he's in our pocketbooks who uh play for the whiskey jazz oh, okay okay um they're fantastic so he's bartender and musician yes cool great at both uh, Lucy King, who worked at um, um, One Line for years. Um, so she has a great palette coming from coffee. Um, also an imaginary. We heard that a lot. Yeah. Like, it's like Logan. Yeah, yeah. Logan started off in coffee. And so um, it's funny how a lot of people transition to one or the other. Because mm-hmm. um, uh, Jordan from Bottle Shop is now in coffee at Fox and Snow. Um, so it's like, and he's at a service service bar bar as well. Oh, he is. Okay. I didn't know he was there. Um, but yeah, it seems like it's kind of interchangeable. These two. Yeah. Um, then we have, uh, uh, Greta. She's fantastic. She works one day a week. (laughs) Um, uh, Terrence Farmer, who's also plays with Parker Lewis, um, Troy Conkler, who, uh, is this, the craziest drummer I've ever seen. Lots of musicians, because we pull some of our staff from upstairs, who, like, 90% are musicians. Um, yeah. 
Awesome. Very Probably cool. you don't and you don't need a password to get in, right? It's a speakeasy, uh, but you can just walk right in. Well, if you come in saying something ridiculous, that's always <laughs> inviting. Yeah. And then you have to find the menu in the in the book, right? Yeah, menu is in the book. I won't tell you where, but it's there. I promise. We're not just handing you an empty book. Uh, and then there may be something of a nice value on the very back inside cover. Oh. Mm. Yes. So check. Are you out. doing anything special for um, Halloween, like October twenty sixth? Yes, uh, uh, not the 26th, on the 29th, we have um, the Ohio, uh, Ohio Rum Society. They're coming back. We've hosted them every um, Halloween. Oh, okay. And uh, so they're coming back for their reunion, Halloween reunion. And then on the 30th, on Thursday, we are doing a uh, freak easy theme where we have uh, the Whirly Birds, who are this great, like, kind of um, gypsy jazz band. Um, we're going to do, like, circus freak themed oh that's fun yeah so nice. we'll be all like dressed up like circus freaks and it's gonna be fantastic what are you gonna how are you gonna dress do you know yet? Oh, i don't maybe 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 like a clown no, or maybe that's like too easy. i know but i guess i can just wear a wig and get away with anything <laughs> <laughs> so i could or not wear a wig and be the strong man there Ooh. you go that's a good one i'm too scrawny for strong man no you're not <laughs> um but no, um, we have uh, a friend of mine is going to be the bearded lady, and we have uh, Troy, who I mentioned earlier. He has this alter ego called um, Doctor Strange Luva, and he was actually there for our um, Valentine's Day, and he was a, a love therapist. <laughs> and he's, nice. He's not a licensed therapist at all. <laughs> and we tried to make it obvious of that, but so many people came spilling their hearts to him. Oh, and man. He actually, I wish you would have had a microphone. I know. We really awesome. needed to mic that. <laughs> but he actually did a great job, and people were walking away like, thank you, Mr. Luba. <laughs> so maybe he'll come back. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> okay, PJ, give us your, other, your next story. Okay. So... Um, when I worked at Home Fair, it was not designed to be cocktail-centered at all. And um, we would have, like, two bottles of Prosecco during brunch when we needed, like, 15. So we'd run out almost immediately, and we would just be only breaking the ice of hungry, hungover brunch patrons. And I had mimosas pouring in ticket well and I was like oh my god what do I do so I would just take whatever white wine we had and I would charge it in a soda siphon and and, <laughs> and, and, and make mimosas out of that that's pretty brilliant it worked no one was upset no one was mad I had plenty myself <laughs> after brunch and um so I guess the story with that one is um you can always do great things. You just have to be a little resourceful and people will be, people will be happy with you. That's amazing. <laughs> That's a good That's a story. Good story. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, PJ, thank you so much for doing our show. Yeah. We really appreciate so it. Thank you um, for making us this inflating Caesar's ego. It was so delicious. And listeners definitely get to the light of seven matchsticks. Okay. Um, and PJ will, or one of his coworkers will mix you up a fabulous cocktail. 
or take one of his classes at the Franklin Park Conservatory. I think that's it. So Blair, take us out. We'd like to thank our producer, Mr. Greg Hansberry, and the original music by the biographer. Remember to check out the Columbus Craft Cocktail Tour at columbuscraftcocktailtour.com for upcoming tour dates and special events. We also post our Women in Whiskey series. Um, We're doing those on a monthly basis, currently at the Weston Great Southern. Our next one is in November, Talking Turkey. Talking Turkey on November 12th. Talk about the history of uh, women and wild turkey and... uh, And celebrating the fact that uh, Mr. Russell has been with the distillery for 65 years now. Yeah, and his wife encouraged him to take the job there. Because she worked there first. You know what? Behind every great man, there's a greater woman. That's that's how it is. Obviously. (laughs) Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And always be cocktail curious. Cheers. 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 Cheers.